Welcome back to another episode, the first episode of 2019. I'm here with Randall Slavin. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It is an honor to have you on the show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, you've worked with like Vanity Fair, GQ, Esquire, Rolling Stone, and many others. Uh, and the list of people that you have photographed has been unbelievable. Just to name a few, like Lucy Hale, Nick Jonas, uh, Jeff Goldblum. I love I love that photo, and I love that sweater that he's wearing in that photo. And then there's, uh, I'm trying to think, oh, John Hamm, huge Mad Men fan. I love those yeah. photos. Yeah. I don't, you know, I know that you know, know all this information, but uh, definitely check out your website uh, if you're listening in. So let's get started from the beginning. I love your About Me. Um, it's, a, it's really well written, but I think it's kind of cool to hear the story from the source. So this is for people starting out, and you had a pretty interesting story starting out, so. Uh, yeah, I was, um, I was a struggling actor, you know, I was in LA, born and raised in LA and I was wanting to be an actor and I was, uh, you know, making the rounds and not really, um, not really making a living doing it, getting a job here and there, but I was probably 22 maybe right. and, uh, delivering pizzas and just slogging through. And then I got a job at a, um, at a, at a gas station in Hollywood right. and which I really liked working at this gas station. Was and it a 76? I feel like that's a big gas station over there. It's a Chevron. I worked at numerous ah, Chevron. Okay. I, I love the old 76 balls on top. That's very <laughs> West coast, Los Angeles. Yes. Vibes. Yes. It was, it was no 76. It was gotcha. a Chevron. Cool. And, uh, we, um, under the counter at the Chevron station, we had binoculars because across the street, there was this photography studio and there was all these hot girls who would come in and out of this photography studio. So all this dirt bags at the gas station <laughs> would watch them take these pictures. Right. And it's really like a headshot studio. It was a headshot place um, doing actors, headshots and things like that. And uh, I, w I was a young 22 year old wannabe actor guy. So I wandered over there and Right. talking to the owner, this guy named Kevin, and we got along, and and um, I wanted him to shoot my pictures, so I scrounged up the money. I think I brought it from my mom to get my headshots done by this guy, and we just got along really well. And at the end of it, he says, hey, have you ever thought of being a photographer? And I said, uh, no, not really. I mean, I can draw, but I never... He goes, well, I need to hire a couple of photographers, and I want to teach them how to shoot headshots. Would it be something you're interested in? And I was like, uh, of course, you know, yeah. He he on the spot handed me a camera and grabbed a girl who worked there and said, go take her headshots. So I was like, okay. So I took her headshots. And he's like, come back tomorrow and we'll look at the pictures because back then you needed to come right. back and later and look yeah. at it. Wasn't that easy? Yeah. And uh, so I went back the next day and he's like, these are great. I want you to work for me. I'll, you know, just sort of follow me around for a couple of months you know, barely making any money, but it was a lot better than working at a gas station. So I worked for him for a few months, maybe like six months or so, and really loved it. And it was like, this is great. I don't have to wear a uniform. It's much cooler to talk to girls and say, oh, I'm a photographer than, oh, I work at the gas station. Yeah. Or um, even though I still wanted to be an actor, I wasn't, the photography thing was just a way to pay the bills. Right. And, uh, and then he fired me. The guy fired me. And, um, was it something in particular or was it kind of just he, like he was giving he, you a shot and then he had this ridiculous idea 
which is why he needed to hire new photographers. He had this idea that he thought was just going to be a fucking gold mine, and it was idiotic. So once he realized this plan wasn't working, he had to let the people go that he hired. So that's why I left, and and I was devastated. I was like, oh, my God, I can't go back to, you know, like pumping gas. I can't go back to the gas station, man. That's so funny. I love that. I can't go back to the gas station. You know, I've had this cool job where I get to meet pretty girls and uh, right, and then um, and just cool things. And 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 I said, um, well, when you're that young, you feel like you you make it. I remember, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you, it's compared making, to nothing. Yeah, exactly. I was Seventy bucks a day. That was a killing. Yeah, you know? for sure. Killing. So then I actually got my first like decent little acting job and I said, oh, I can just buy my own camera. I'll buy my own camera and do my own thing. So I bought this used Nikon and just sort of said, started doing it on my own, but just doing headshots. Right. And um, never taking it seriously, never wanting to do it at any, I, like the minute I became successful as an actor, I was going to drop this photography bullshit immediately. Right, right. <laughs> but I kept doing it and doing it and doing it and... And it got bigger and bigger, and I was shooting all these people. A lot of these people that I've shot, you know, in that era when I was doing headshots, have gone on to become super, super successful, you know, Oscar winners and all this sort of stuff. Um, And a few of them I've worked with now that I, they'll say, oh, you shot my first headshots when I moved to LA, you know? Yeah. Which is very funny. I was doing that, and then it was sort of, and the more I was acting, the less I was enjoying it. You know, the more I was doing it, the less I was getting, I just wasn't liking doing it. I was do, I was on some shows, and right. I wasn't happy with it. Was it because, like, there was, like, an authenticity and, like, an intimacy I, I, in the photography? Or? I, I, I wasn't that good. Right, right, right. And once I realized I wasn't that good, yeah. it was, that was that was a hard realization when you're like, oh, I'm not that fucking good at it. Right, right, right. And then sometimes you're like naturally much more gifted in another area. Yeah, Yeah, and I also think that like, you know, the universe tells you things. And the universe was telling me that acting wasn't my thing because it was a struggle. It was a struggle. The the best way I can describe it is like acting was like swimming upstream. And as soon as I took up photography, even just doing these little headshots, photography was going downstream. Everything just went. I got everything. Everything I wanted from acting, I was getting from photography. I was getting money. I was getting, I was getting validation. I was getting all these things from photography that I wasn't getting from the thing that I wanted. Right. And also coincided with the fact at the moment when I was getting very disinterested in acting. So one night I was I was walking home from the movies right. and and uh, there was a gallery near my home at the time, a really big photo gallery here in LA. And there was a big crowd of people out there. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. I wonder if they'll let me in. Do you have to be on the list or anything? So I went in. And it was this Peter Beard exhibit, you know, who's right. a legendary photographer, collage artist and stuff. And and it was just this true epiphany. It was a true moment of clarity where I just was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Right. This is this is this is it. This is this makes sense to me. I called my acting agent the next day and I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And they're like, okay, sure, you know. Yeah. All right. And and it took me a while to sort of get to a place where I was shooting decent things. But I was also very fortunate in that I, because I was an actor, I knew a lot of actors. Right, so right, right. Photographers who can, and I knew successful actors. Right. 
And a lot of people who want to be photographers in LA and want to shoot celebrities, that's the hardest hurdle is like, how do I get famous person to let me shoot them if I haven't shot any famous people before them? Right, right, right. That was one of my questions today, naturally. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Um, But that did have a leg up in the sense of like, I started out with pictures of very recognizable people in my book. The pictures weren't good, but the people were recognizable. I would imagine by this point, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I would imagine that you had um, a pretty good grasp of, of the technical stuff, shooting manually in no, the studio, or no, no, or no? No, no, I've never had a good grasp of the technical stuff. Really? No, never. I do tell, uh, I mean, now I need to, now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never knew the technical stuff. Like, when I first started shooting on my own, I knew just enough. Like, I knew how to read a light meter. Right. But I only knew natural light, um... I didn't know how to light. I still don't really know how to light much. Um, but I knew just enough that I could, t- I mean, I had one lens, which was a, re- a terrible lens to be your only lens. Right. It was a, it was a 180, which is a, which you know, <laughs> portrait lens in, you, you know, it's limiting. Yeah. It's limiting to say the least, but it was enough. It was enough in the very beginning. And, um, you know, I didn't know much. I didn't know. I knew how to work a light meter. And I knew how to sort of read something and take a picture of it. And uh, and then I was just obsessive with photos. So I would just look and look and look at things and look at things. And then you sort of discover things. You have little moments where you're like, yeah. oh, oh, that looks better. Yeah. That looks better. But I remember like, you know, like, no. So I mean, I still don't know technical things. Like I still, I still... If Do you, you take the go- best. I love your pictures, though. That's so crazy to but hear I, you say but that. I, but but that's that's ridiculous. That's like saying, um, oh, I went to, um, you know, I went to the uh, musicians institute and I can fucking play the guitar, and that means I'm as good as Eric. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Now Just that you say it that way, take, for sure. There's a big difference in knowing how to take a picture and being a good photographer. There's you yes. take you take. You take a year of a basic photography class, you'll know more technical stuff than I will. Right, but, right, right. But doesn't mean you're a good photographer. One hundred percent. You know stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, you know the stuff. I, I mean, I wish I also didn't assist people, so I didn't learn that way, which is how a lot of people learn by assisting people. Right. I, you know, I was doing a lot of natural light stuff, and then, and then I realized that, like. I could hire people who knew lighting. Right. I could hire people who did the two years at school learning things. Right. That was a big leap when I realized, oh, I don't have to know everything. I, I can more just concentrate on the what I want and the picture and uh, and then just like invoice it, that. Right. And, right, right. And just and just outsource the sort of photography knowledge part of things. I feel kind of dumb because I never really even thought of that personally. But I also kind of like just started. But like, yeah. I mean, I've thought about it. But I, you don't. You always think like maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just like my ego. But I always like want to like go it alone and be like, oh, I took that picture. But that's photography is not a business that you go alone. Yeah. Because you go alone, you can take pictures on your own. But if you you know, as far as what I wanted to do, I always needed someone to shoot and somewhere to put the pictures. Right, I right, right. Someone to run them or someone, you know. So, so it's, 
I'm not an art photographer where I wanted to go out and sit in the woods and take pictures of landscapes. And right. That was my thing. Like I was always about people and always wanting, uh, wanting to be commercial and always wanting my stuff to be seen. I like to be the dumbest person on my set. I like to be the dumbest person on my set because I want to surround myself with a crew who knows more about me, about the things that I don't know than I do. Yes. Um, and I know a lot of divers who don't. They like being the guy in charge who tells everyone what to do. And for an, in, a, in a sense, I am still that guy in charge, but I want people who know more than me. Because right. also, at the end of the day, it's just my name on the fucking picture. It doesn't right. say lighting by anybody. It just says photograph, photograph by. Right. So at the end of the day, it's just it's still me. It's still my picture. For sure. You know? But my big advice would be hire people or surround yourself with people who know more than you. I love that. And that would that's that's a that was a huge thing for me to learn. I think what really started to connect with me was like when I started having those kind of you'd be shooting someone's portrait and then they'd be telling you some intimate detail of their life or their insecurities would just come flooding out. And I love yeah. that because yeah. I'm a very heady person. Are you, are you that way with people? Like I just, I love like documenting the human condition. It sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yes. I would say well, I'm very curious about people. Yes. Which I think is, is a big thing. If you want to be a portrait photographer, like I'm very curious about people and the people I shoot and um, I, I, I talk a lot when I shoot to the person, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I think what a lot of people don't realize in the business that I'm in shooting with is how much of it is about your social skills. Yes. How much of being successful in my field is about, are you good with people? Do people like you? Do you, yeah. do you, you know, um, because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, once you reach a certain level, anyone can do the picture adequately, right. but who do they want to spend a day with? Right. You know, the airport it, test, whatever that thing is called. Right, right, right. Right. Totally. You know, so much of it is about, um, who people like and want to spend time with. And so much of what makes, uh, if, if you like my work, so much of what you like about my work is, is about my natural curiosity to people. And I, I talk to people a lot when I shoot them because we're also lucky that it's just pixels now. It's not medium right. form film, which is fucking expensive. Yeah. So you shoot and have, you know, a bunch of shitty blinking talking frames. Right. Because it doesn't fucking mean anything. You're, 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 you're doing that to get something. And you, right. it's like a law yeah. of averages, right? Correct. If you have to get through a bunch of pictures that don't work to get to something that's perfect. Right. Or what you're wanting, it's just fucking pixels. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I'll take like a thousand pictures and then put sure. up like with, no remorse. I'll put up like 13 or like seven or like Good. four. And it's been, I've almost learned and tell me if this is a, the right way to think of it. It's almost more like what you don't post that makes you a better photographer, not overly curating, 100%. but hundred percent. I yeah. think that like, yeah, people, you know, with, with sort of social media and Instagram and Tumblr and all these sort of things, 
just because you can get people to see your work doesn't mean you, they should see your work. Right. You know, you, you, not all your fucking work, especially when you're starting, deserves yeah. to be seen or should be seen by anybody. Right. Like I have some people on Instagram who post all their shitty work and it's like, buddy, this should not be fucking seen by anybody. You're brand new and you're starting out and these are fucking terrible. <laughs> you have to like earn like. Yeah, no, true. It's true. You know, just because it can be seen doesn't mean it should be seen. Right. And like only power in as, as a photographer is is what you're going to put out there, you know. And yeah, I mean, if people bitch about, oh, I want to see all of them. That's no. Right. You can you can always say no. Oh, I want to see everything. No, you don't. <laughs> that's a bad picture. It's a bad well, picture. That's not the way it works. You know, yeah. you can see what I want you to see. That's awesome. Uh, cool. So let's get into some of the uh, the technical stuff and you know advice for people that are coming up. You've right. already given so much great advice for people that are kind of just coming in. And what are some of the things I always try and like tell people like these little like abstract things in photography, like when people ask me, what are some mm -hmm. of the things that you have realized over the years about like composition or about color? Uh, and my biggest advice for people starting out or in the beginning stages is like you're you're very fortunate my my uh, two things you're very fortunate in the fact that you you're coming up in the age of digital where photography is an inexpensive habit right or an expensive hobby and it used to be the opposite it used to be a very expensive hobby right. which is a downside to that because now so many people do it whereas it used to be because it was cost prohibitive there wasn't a lot of people taking it out right but you're lucky to learn free you know yes. you can fail free yeah um, so my my biggest advice is to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and keep shooting and copy the people you love and and uh, it, the more you shoot and the more you copy and like your voice will come out of that you know yeah like I started when I started I was like I was really into certain photographers and I'd do one shoot like this guy and one shoot like this person and it was all over the fucking place right Just to realize what you end up doing is realize oh I'm not good at that right and I'm at that even though you're like oh I wish I was really good at that you're just not it's not your it's not where your muse is it's, right. it's there's a there's a, a lane you can get in that feels natural and feels organic and feels reflective of who you are as a person. And the other stuff can sometimes not it doesn't have that. It might be technically proficient, but it doesn't have that thing. Right. I totally hear that. End up finding what your thing is, you know, and finding out what kind of, like I wish I was a great fashion photographer, but I'm not. Right. I wish was you know mario sorrenti or you know peter Lindbergh, but I, i'm not you know I'm, I'm more of a portrait guy and i like it because i like people but man i wish i was a fucking uh <laughs> fashion photographer you know i wish i was right but i'm not um uh should you expect that to take a long time though because because i've found recently it's like i don't know if i'm if i'm gonna find my lane like sometimes it feels like it's going to be like this month 
It's like I'm like trying to put my thumb on it, and it's like right, like right there. And then yeah. other times, I feel like I may not know what I want to do for the next like five to ten year window. And I kind of, but I'm also like young, and you know. Yeah, I mean, my. I How long did it take you before you like found that lane, or at least something you well, would be like, you know, I'm the fucking man at this. You know? I had a lane that I loved, and I was sort of running in this lane that I really liked. And it was something I was really like dug into. And I was like, this is my thing. This is my fingerprint. This is what I do best. And it was a very, it was, it was much more, it was a very cinematic, very uh, moody, a lot of interesting lighting and maybe a little smoke machine and very, um, uh, just very cinematic. Yes. And colors and, uh, and you can see it in a lot of the location stuff on my website. Yeah. But the truth is, um, it, it wasn't fun. And it, it wasn't as fun. And I missed... And also, the industry wasn't really digging it anymore. Yeah. It, it sort of... It had shifted, you know. Yes. And it Which happens all the time. It happens in design. It happens in photography. It happens in fashion. You have to oh. sort of adapt. And it, yeah. it sort of... People weren't digging it. They were just... Nah, it just wasn't connecting with people, even right. though I loved it. But what I didn't love was it got me away from what I loved about photography in the beginning was connecting with people and having an intimate sort of thing with people that I was shooting. Whereas these became much more production oriented and much more dependent on who my team was and what our location was. And it became, I became really enamored with the production and how great an image can look yeah. as opposed to what is this, what's the true essence of. Who is this person, right? What is their soul? Right. Right. Am I, am I like showing the window? Like this should be like a, my lens should be like a window to their soul and does that translate. That's always kind of like how I, yeah. And, 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 um, and so about a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, I fucking scrapped it all. And I was like, I want to go back and do something completely different, something that connects me more to people and how I originally got into it. And, and because I used to hate studio, hate studio, hated it, hated it, wanted to always be on location, hated doing studio, was bored by it, didn't think I was good at it, hated everything about it. I, so I started, I was like, you know, let me run towards that and, and see if I can find a way to make that something. And I can just, re- and there's also something I could, you know, so I put up this white backdrop and I just started shooting people in the studio, super duper short lens, like a really distorted fucking short lens, which is goes against everything I learned as a photographer, especially, you know, like shooting people, you got to. Yeah with a long lens and I was like fuck that I was like way up in people's face yeah people get a little disconcerted because they're used to being standing there and I was literally like uh, two feet in front of their face with my camera you know and I just sort of changed everything up I was like you know I need to like like here's me and Gennady Golovkin the boxer Triple G yes like you can see like how close I am with him oh wow you know so I sort of scrapped and said you know I'm gonna do something completely different and fell in love with doing studio and not really into doing the location stuff now. Right. And the industry's respond responded really well to it. Um, and it's, it's gotten, it's taken me back to 
what I first loved about photography when I started, when I first started, which was about an intimacy and a connection between another person. And it's also nice because I can light, I mean, I light these with one fucking light, right. you know, one umbrella, just big and direct. And uh, I'm not beholden to my crew or I can travel with it. I can, you know, it's super easy. I can bang it, set it up in two seconds. So is most of the stuff that you're doing now just you, the subject, and then and then your lighting equipment, or, or me, the subject. Like sometimes they'll like have. How you know, often would you do like a like the full team, so to speak? Well, we'll always usually if it's a job, the stylist, the the, the celebrity will have like a stylist and hair and all that sort of stuff. Right, but like Mark Wahlberg that, and Lucy Hale and stuff like that. Yeah, they're always going to have a team there. But as far as me having a team there, I don't really need it anymore. I do it sometimes just because it makes my life easier. I don't have to. Right put up a fucking seamless or shit. Right. But, um, I'm not, I'm not weighed down by it. Like I feel I used to be for sure. You know? Is there anyone that you've met in your, in your journey that, cause I, cause you know, there's people that you meet that are like your heroes. There's people that you meet that, you know, like you're a madman fan and then you shoot John Hamm kind of thing. And, yeah. um, I know enough. I've met enough people on this podcast to answer the yeah. first question for you is that everyone puts their pants on one leg at a time. I, I used to have it in my head. Like the people were just like sure. so fucking different. Um, sure. Is there anyone that you've met though, that you've been particularly struck by like their character or their humility or, or like you were like disappointed? Like who are some, cause you've met some incredible people. Yeah. 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 I've been very lucky. Give me some good stories of people that are like awesome people that sucked. Oh, I can't tell you the people who suck, but yeah. there's, there's been, you know, I will say <laughs> I this. I tried. I have to try as the interviewer. Now, I will say this. Um, uh, I've had the people that have suck has been incredibly little. Same. As far as, Same. Out of all the people I've shot, the people that are shitty people are very few. Yeah. Um, um, and the bigger star they are, the usually like the nicer they are. Like the Tom Hanks's or the Clint Eastwoods or the yeah. Matt Dimons. They're so nice and respectful. And it's usually like the newer people are uh, like if they're reality stars or things like that. Or right. those are people usually that are fucking nightmares. Right. Um, you know, John Hamm's an interesting thing because when I shot John, and I I'm, love I, him, I love him, a dream I, subject for me. Love him, yeah, uh, beautiful we, man. We play softball now. He's we play softball together in the summer. What? He's a good, he's a good shortstop. That's and, crazy. And uh, he's he's great. But when I when I shot him, we didn't play softball together then. But um, when was that, by the way? Sorry to interrupt you. When was that John Hamm shoot? It was first season of Mad Men. Wow. It was the season of Mad Men. It kind of looks like that because he's got that fresh face season thinner, one look. Thinner. I think that show aged him a little bit. He's still. I love that. Still wears well. <laughs> I'd never seen the show. I'd never seen the show. And he, I think he just wrapped the first season. Maybe his second season was about to premiere or something like that. And, um, and I remember I'd heard a lot about him because there was a lot of heat on this guy, John Hamm, right. after the season of Mad Men. Everyone was talking about Don Draper, Don Draper, Don Draper. Right. And I remember I remember he showed up on set, and this is finishing. I you know, and I was like, I was like, that's him? I was like, and he was nice and everything, and he was a nice guy, and 
and he was getting ready and stuff. And I was like, huh, meh, I didn't really get it. And then once I started shooting him, right, and I threw the lens at him, and he fucking turned on, and I was like, ah, oh, wow. I, 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 I literally just got chills just thinking about that. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, and I didn't see it when I first started shooting him, but when I, um, once I started, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I got it. And then after that, I went home and I was like, I got to start watching the show Mad Men. Oh, my and, God. And uh, that's when I really got into it because I was like, because he was really, he was, he had that sort of that old school movie star right. thing. And I just love that show so much. But yeah. Matthew Weiner did a fantastic job, oh, I think, for all those people. He's just a master of like, like yeah. every shot Matthew Weiner makes, like, yeah. is like the perfectly composed. He's amazing. I, so. I said to John, because I knew January. Uh, yeah. Before. I'd known January for years. And I remember saying to John during, at the beginning of the shoot, I said, oh, because I didn't tell him, you don't tell people, oh, I've never seen your show or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you again? I, so said, uh, I said, oh, so yeah, I said, yeah, do you work with January a lot? And he goes, yeah, she's my wife. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess that clued him in that I've never seen the show. Oh, uh, you gave yourself up. That's so funny. The, my favorite thing about my job is that it's it's a it's a fucking key that unlocks every door. It's a key that gets me in the room, and the rooms that I should never be allowed in. Yes. There's that are so beyond what I would ever expect to be in, you know, because yeah. of this camera, I've. It's like a Trojan I've, horse kind of thing. Yeah. I'm huge on that. I've sat and talked to presidents. I've shot rock stars that I've loved. I've been in front row at concerts because I've had this camera. I've met incredible people. I've fucking dated incredible women because of this camera you know it's like way it's just this incredible key that gives you so much more than than i ever thought possible you know yeah. um but like you know a lot of what i love is i've been able to spend time and this is the first thing that always pops in my head is being able to spend time with people that i grew up loving like when i was a kid that i worshiped yeah and that's been my, one of my favorite things. Is I have some examples of that. Is there, is there anyone that comes to mind? Or? Michael J. Fox. Like I love yeah. Michael J. Fox growing up. Yeah. Love him. Hell yeah. And I got a I got offered to shoot him in New York. I was in L. A. He was in New York, but I'd have to fly myself to New York. I'd have to put myself up. I was like, done. I'll do it. I want to go meet Michael J. Fox. That's so cool. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll be there. You tell me where. I'm there. And. um and it was incredible. And he was like above and beyond. He was the nicest guy and he was so great. And we just had this great time. And uh, those are my favorite moments. It's like when you, um, you know, there's been a couple others of like childhood people that I just, just worshipped. And to be able to like meet them and hang out and talk and yeah. like, you know, uh, Rob Lowe was one of them. Yes, I, used I love, Rob. love him. And I've worked with Rob a bunch since then, but I just absolutely just adore him and his yeah. family and his kids. And and that's been a real treat. I, I also like, before I shoot somebody, I usually do like a little bit of research about them, just finding out little things. Right. Uh, 
like maybe they're into something that I didn't know about or, and it just can give us something to talk about. If, right. if there's not a natural thing I can always bring up, yeah. you know, like, um, like I know when I just shot president Clinton, I just come back from Haiti. I just come back from doing some shooting in Haiti for a charity. And I knew he's very involved in Haiti efforts. So I brought that up with him. And then we started talking about that for a long time, things like that. Yeah. And with Michael Fox, I knew that Michael was, a big guitar player, you know, his whole life he'd been a guitar player. I don't even know if I knew that. I don't think it's cool. But I, and he's, he's always been into music and, you know, he's played guitar in Back to the Future, if you remember, and he played yeah. guitar called Light of Day with Joan Jett. So I knew he was into music and I knew he was into rock and roll and stuff like that. So I asked him, you know, like early on in the shoot, because a lot of what I do is about how do I make this person think we're buddies. How do I create this right. fake rapport in this little window of time? Right. So so early in the shoot, I said to him something about, you know, like, oh yeah, like when we first started shooting, I said, um, who's the best, you know, what are your three best guitar players you've ever seen play live? You know? Right. So the whole day we were talking about guitar and like, he'd be like, oh, did you ever see this person play? And I'd be like, no. And I, you know, I said, oh, I saw this person in 1983 and they were amazing. You know, so this whole day, this was sort of like this running sort of discussion that we were having. Right. Which is the point of it, to have this sort of commonality that will give us like a rapport. It will give us to have fun. We can laugh. We can talk. Right. And the whole day, um, you know, because I'd be like, oh, did you ever see Jack White play? And he's like, oh, I saw him play. He's amazing. And then, you know, That's he was so like, cool. you know, we I always want to see Jack White play. Uh, Jack White rips. I gotta. I, that's what yeah. everyone tells me. They say it's like a psychedelic experience. You don't yeah. even need the drugs. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and at the end of the shoot, he goes, you know, he goes, uh, you live in L.A. And I say, he goes, you know, next time you come to New York, you know, bring your guitar. Let's get together and jam. And I was like, wow. I was like, I don't play guitar. And he was like, really? I thought you played guitar. I was like, no, I'm just... And I was, I, it was so amazing. I should have lied just so I could like, you know, have him give me his number because that would have been a childhood freak out. But like, <laughs> it's that sort of thing of like, you know, like, you know, building this rapport. And it would have been nice to go jam with Michael J. Fox and um, play some songs, but I don't know how to play guitar. So yeah. I would. Well, I, I play guitar. Uh, I could teach you. If, if it, it's not too late, you could DM him on Instagram. A little late. It might be a little late. Hey, hey remember, remember me? But, you said you played guitar. Yeah, me? That's so, so funny. But um, yeah, that's that awesome, was that, that was that was good. Oh, and by the way, on that John Ham shoot, this yes. is a little that John Ham shoot is one of my favorite shoots I've ever done. We had we did eight setups in four hours. Wow, that's including hair, makeup, wardrobe. Four hours, eight setups. Hold on, I, ha I have to pull this pull this up because I, I think it'd be really fun to close it out. We'll do like a little like case study on this one because I was looking at some of them and I wanted to talk about one of them. You can talk about whatever shoot you want. Okay, so here we go. This is gonna be, I did I did like this twice last year and then didn't do it, but I feel like this is gonna be something on the 2019 we're gonna do. Uh, All right. Look at some case studies. So I'm gonna link everything in the bio of this. So if you're listening, just uh, it'll be in there. So we're looking at under stories, there's John Hamm. So as I look at all of these pictures, 
each of them respectively have like totally different tones and different colors and stuff like that. So walk me through uh, this kind of case study and like the different locations and um, what the rationale was. I love the blinds and the use of kind of like this, like this LA, like by the train track look and then him sitting yeah, in the yeah. car. Like you can see the one, the shot of him sitting on the tires. Um, yes. Yeah. Is that shot? Yes. Like we were into this sort of mixing the, the warm, uh, warm highlights with like cool undertones, like cool sort of, you can see the sort of blue light on his sort of shadow side of his face. Yes. And the warm on the key light coming from the other thing. We were really into sort of mixing these two colors. Like you can see it in pretty much every shot. And except, you know, the one, the color one of him standing on the train tracks. Yes. That's a, that's a composite. That shot never happened. Wow. Um, cause I really liked him in this picture. Cause it, this is also the shot of him is in between shots. I was just testing something. He's just standing there. Right. It was kind of like the composition, the way he was like standing kind of thing. Yeah. That's so cool. He wasn't on the, he was standing, but, and then I liked the train tracks from another shot cause it, it had this sun flare coming through. Right. So mind them that was not the original shot was supposed to be like the black and white one with yes. him walking down the tracks that was the sort of original idea um and this is out in the valley somewhere um but these are all lit to shit none of this is natural light this is all lit like a lunatic because for me like i kind of i'm at the, a place now where i have like a good understanding like i'm i'm taking courses on like and and working with um like flash and, and then also to using like soft boxes and uh, I've been really loving like speed lights, although it's like really, really hard to get that right, but I'm getting yeah. better with it. What, when you're like lighting something like this, is that gels or this is a very ignorant question. Lots, lots, of, lots of gels on strobes, no soft boxes, only umbrellas and uh, um, lots of gels. Like, you know, I went through a phase early on. Do you see the Charlize Theron? Yes. I love those. Like, if you see, like, this first shot with the dolls sitting in the diner. I love that picture. That's, like, I was really into Kino flows at that point. So I was really into, like, what is const that? Kino flows, they're, like, constants. They're not strobes. They're, like, fluorescent lights. Oh, uh, okay. You know, and you and there's two shoots mixed in here. You can see the difference between, but, like, the ones. I love the with one with her, with with the dress, with the blue. I love <laughs> that picture because it's, like. It's like beautiful her, and elegant, but it's just so cold. That was all done, Kino flows, all done like hot lights and stuff, which I was really into at the time. You could like buy them on Amazon kind of thing, or are they expensive? Oh, or they're, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can buy them. You can buy, uh, you know, Kino flows like the brand. You know, you can buy them. I'm sure. Um, I don't know where you can buy them. I mean, I just buy them through Kino flow. Yeah. I don't really use so much anymore. Um, like if you see the one shots of her looking in the mirror, yes, you know, those are all Kino flows or, or, you know, I was really into this look at that point in my, these are amazing. The, Char you, the Charlize Theron ones are un fucking believable. These are, yeah, these are like photographers, photographer shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that, was big, that was a big shoe for me that, that really changed, uh, my career a lot. Wow. That, that shoot. Okay, but what that's amazing. What was different on that day? That's what I'm so curious to know. It's like I'll tell you what was different on that day. Um is I love the that, backstories. Um 
mostly like when you're doing a big celebrity shoot, you've got your act, you've got like like four elements. You've got your talent, you've got yourself, the photographer, and you've got the location, and you've got the crew, meaning hair, makeup, wardrobe, your team. Right. You know, behind the scenes people. You got those four elements. Usually a couple of them are great. Usually you've got a great subject, you've got a good photographer, but your location's fucking shit. Right. Or terrible, or you or or it's you've got a great it's something, yeah, right, right. Got a great subject, you've got a great photographer, but your stylist is terrible. You right. know what I mean? And every once in a while and it doesn't happen often, all four of those are fucking on point. And that's when a shoot becomes great. Yeah. Like, I can go through a lot of these shoots and be like, oh, this shoot would be a lot better if we had a better location, which is a big deal. Right. Uh, and there's other shoots that we're like, um, when it all works, when, like, there's another shoot I'm looking here where subject's amazing, I was fucking killing it. Right. But the wardrobe was fucking awful. The location's great, but the wardrobe was fucking terrible. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, and every once in a while, um, you get all of those four right. And that's when a shoot becomes really good. As that's opposed to, amazing. yeah, it's fine. You know, and the Charlize shoot is one of those points where everything was amazing. The location was amazing. Um, the wardrobe was amazing. She's obviously amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, everything worked like the first story, Mark Wahlberg. I love uh, that one. Oh my God. That that was a moment I think where everything came together. We only had an hour, so I didn't really get a lot of different. I feel things. like he would love them though. I feel like that's like the like, likes his motorcycles and stuff, so, which is why we did that. But, yeah. and, um, but you know, that was one of those moments where we had a great location. We had a great team, right? Um, but it doesn't Money happen often. It. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. You know, and that's what makes, shoot sing thank you so much for doing this oh, my pleasure, buddy. if uh if if you ever want to learn how to play guitar and you're in new york come i actually by. just started taking lessons so that's awesome i would so, i would recommend you just learn the 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 what they call like the farmer chords that's like eag and all that stuff i got my, I got my eags and my d's and are the power yeah. chords have we gotten there yet got a little bit of power chords that's good man yeah. I love that. That's awesome, man. Well, where, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, what's the best place? I mean, uh, to get they can to? find me, obviously, at uh, randallslavin.com, or they can find me at my Instagram, which is randallslavin. You got and lucky, man. You got your domain. You got your Instagram handle. Well, I don't think there's a lot of people running around trying to get fakes of me. Yeah. I don't think, uh, Rob I don't Johnson, think... that's a pretty generic white guy name that I have. That is true. That's true. I got rob-johnston.com though, which is pretty good. That was a little. I was proud of that test. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I'll let you get back to work. Bye. Perfect. Later, buddy. Bye.